for instance, the scalability. At the moment, it's in a kind of very pre-release state and it's only being used by a handful of users. But that will very quickly, at a, at a game launch, scale up to half a million people using it. And suddenly you need it to be able to scale up very quickly overnight almost. And obviously um, Atlas allows us to do that. And you can imagine that the schemas behind these user profiles are very flexible and fluid and you can't just hard code a set of columns and expect them. The document store format that Mongo kind of supports is, is perfect for this use case. Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lynn, and this is the MongoDB podcast. Today, we're diving into the fascinating world of gaming data and how it's reshaping the player experience. We have an exciting episode featuring Shane McAllister in a conversation with Felix Baker. He's the head of data services at Sega Europe Limited. Felix brings us a rare glimpse into the back end of our favorite games, discussing the vital role of data in gaming, from enhancing gameplay to driving player engagement. We'll explore how Sega utilizes platforms like MongoDB to manage massive data volumes and how this data informs game development and player interaction. Stay tuned. We're going to turn our attention over to gaming, essentially, or data for gaming. So I'm delighted to be joined by Felix Baker, who's the head of data services for Sega Europe Limited. Felix, you're very welcome. Hey, Shane. Lovely to be here. Thanks Good. for having me on the show. Yeah, no, delighted delighted to have you. How's the nice. show been so far for you? It's been great. It's been incredibly busy. Yeah. And it was a very early start, but, you know, have been some really good presentations, really good seminars. I uh, really enjoyed it so far. Excellent. Uh, hopefully it'll continue for the next couple of hours. Good, good, good. Well, look, I mean, Sega, for probably most developers mm-hmm. tuning in and, and anyone else under the, a certain age is a household name. Mm-hmm. You know, as your role head of data services, can you give us some insights as to the day-to-days for you then, Felix, before we, we dig down a little deeper? Yeah, so yeah, so my, my job title is head of data services at Sega Europe, um, and I manage a team of six, six individuals mm-hmm. ranging from data engineers and, well, basically data engineers and data scientists. And really, it's our job to get data or, or make data available for teams of analysts and developers around Sega as a business. Okay. Um, whether that's commercial data or market research data for teams at the head office. Mm-hmm. So commercial analysis teams can look into how Sega games are selling at a given moment in time and how, how promotional activities are progressing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Through to, we, we also collect game um, metrics in-game and data. In, data. In-game yeah. analytics data. Um, and that's probably the biggest part of our job is maintaining that pipeline mm. and making that data available to uh, analytics teams uh, around the various Sega studios. Okay, so again, like Sega, global company, is there mm. games in particular that you're involved in in terms of your your focus in that day-to-day? Yep, so, so at the head office, we're the kind of main data team or data services team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we engineer platform which internally is called prism uh, and fundamentally it's a big data platform which collects data from sega's games um ingests it through an amazon pipeline mm-hmm. into databricks okay and then from databricks engineers can then plug into databricks get access to the data that they need manipulate it and come out with analysis or machine learning models or streaming solutions for mm. various use cases um so we do work very closely with the studios. Okay. So the, the studios that we work mainly with are Sports Interactive, that create the Football Manager series of games. 
um, Amplitude um, Studios in uh, Paris who create kind of 4X space and, well, yeah, 4X strategy titles like uh, Endless Space and Humankind, which is the most recent title. And we we work with other studios, including Two Point, who are based in Guildford. They create Two Point Hospital and Two Point Campus. Mm -hmm. So we we collect a lot of game analytics data for them. And also Relic in uh, Vancouver, who create uh, the Company of Heroes series of games, Dawn of War. Um, Yeah, so we're, we're really closely connected to the... The, the data teams around uh, around the studios, so we're, we're constantly working with them on various projects and, and helping them out. Okay, so yeah. we have a small gaming demo running over here behind me on the AWS mm. stand that was built internally. It's a it's a it's kind of a, like an asteroids clone that we show data in, data out, and how we gather that and how we create charts, etc. That's only for our demo here, and I I, mm. I can only imagine. And we just had Jeff Spazetti from MongoDB join us talking about Atlas Streams. I can only imagine the sheer volume of data that games generate that you need to ingest. Yeah, so we, well, we ingest on average around 25,000 data points a second from Sega. A second? Yeah, a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, okay. From, from a, bit, a bit larger than our demo that we have. Possibly, possibly. I've not seen the demo, but <laughs> You'll have to I would go think there. so. Um, so obviously ingesting data at that velocity and that volume mm. has its challenges. Um, but yeah, we yeah, so we, we're ingesting uh, a very large amount of data. We've got quite an elaborate uh, pipeline set up in, in Amazon mm-hmm. Web Services, and we use that we use that data for a variety of different um, uh, use cases. Um, for mainly for figuring out how people play Sega's games, okay, how to make them better to play, um, and for basically driving driving engagement within Sega titles. Okay. Um, okay. I can give you some use cases at some point if you'd like, but um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a challenge to. to so in terms of, of so, in terms of driving engagement, is mm. that kind of like if if you have a title out there, and you know maybe users only get three quarters of the way through, or this level they're never completing, or they can't beat the end boss, is that the sort of that data that, that would feedback? That's one perfect use case. Okay. Um. So. Well, that yeah. So I mean, some of the use cases, the one that you've just hit there is kind of game balancing yeah. and um, and finding out how users play your games and where the drop-off points are within a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, for instance, there's a game called, or there was a game, or there is a game called Endless Space Two. Okay. Um, which is a space strategy game, and we did a lot of um, game balancing analysis for that game to figure out which factions within the game mm-hmm. people were struggling most to play against, um, and you know, uh, what, and, and trying to make it so that not one single faction is more powerful than another, than another. and that kind of makes sure okay. that the game is evenly balanced regardless of who a user picks to play with when they take on the game. But also with Two Point, for instance, Two Point Hospital, we'll, we'll analyze how people are progressing through the game, what levels they're getting up to, mm-hmm. and then maybe there's a drop-off in certain people getting past a certain point, and we can look into why that might be. Another really good use case is with Football Manager, we do a lot of feature analysis. So when they introduce a new feature to Football Manager, like for mm-hmm. instance, I don't know, some some new element to a, to a team talk or something, okay. um, we put hooks in the game to figure out, are people utilizing that feature? Okay. Are they using it as we expected them to use it? Are they not using it? Was it worth the investment to actually introduce that feature in the first place? Mm-hmm. Is it the kind of feature that we... Um, 
kind of carry on with and and, and run with in future. Um, so okay, yeah. fascinating. So it's almost a an element of data driven continuous improvement, for example, yeah. like that. Obviously, and we had this conversation earlier with with somebody that you know, when you know, fifteen years ago, this didn't exist, couldn't have happened. You know, you bought a cartridge, you put it in a, in a machine, and you played the game, and that was that. Yeah. Whereas absolutely. now you have yeah, yeah. massive twenty five thousand data points a second streaming back into you. Yeah. Um, what complexity and challenges did that in itself bring then, in terms of I mean, the scope of the data? I mean, originally the complexity and the challenge was. Um, just the, as I mentioned, the velocity and, and the mm. volume of it. I mean, it's an enormous amount of data to process mm. and store and then make available to people to analyze and, and mm -hmm. use. Mm -hmm. um, that was our main kind of issue. <laughs> <laughs> However, we kind of got around that by building a pretty robust platform and pipeline. Okay. But then the next problem or the next challenge was how we could make that data, data available with very low latency so make it so mm. when something happens in a game within a matter of seconds to a minute that data is available to analyze or to send back to the consumer so mm -hmm. they can see what they're, they're achieving in the game and actually that's where um that's where mongo came in as, as a okay. solution for one of our use cases good very nice segue so how, well, yeah. how did that help how did that help i feel like i've missed out on a lot of other uh, just to, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> no worries <laughs> so you, you you mentioned you know the mongodb use case i know mm. potentially we're in two projects now upcoming mm. games can you tell us a little bit about what they are yeah so mongo is now the back end to our kind of i guess you call them customer portals okay so for both football manager and for amplitude um who create who yeah so and the it it really allows customers to see what they're doing to kind of go into a kind of portal environment and see exactly what they're doing in game what mm -hmm. they've achieved using football manager as an example yeah. who their highest who their biggest price signing was okay who their top scorer has been over all of their different saves and careers um you know which team they were most successful at managing how many mm. games they lost how many games they've won and not only that you could then compare your statistics against a friend and it's all again it's all driving it's kind of just in, improving the kind of experience for the customer but also driving engagement um and it's all part of a of a, a new platform called football manager fan club which okay which has been put in place, which is a kind of account system for Football Manager, mm -hmm. but having this kind of data available to users so they can see what they're up to and how they compare against their friends, it's, it's just really valuable and it's driven, yeah, it, it's, it's proven to be, or it's not actually available yet, yeah. but, but it, it it's will going to be. It, Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, um, it's going to be a fantastic tool and, and hopefully, you know, things like, for instance, you'd be able to quickly share a snapshot of your current career status to social okay. media so people can see, you know, how you're tracking. and Which is key, right? Because I, I like I, as games have become more sophisticated, the players have become more sophisticated. The sociability mm -hmm. of games that, you know, and, and as I, I see it from my own sons playing games. You know, they spend as long in configuring the game or looking how their performance was than perhaps in the game, mm -hmm. whereas... I'm giving away my age, but back in my day, you just played the game. When the game was done, you were done, and you, you started again and tried to do a bit better. In terms of 
that shareability, that in itself is probably, you mentioned earlier, you got, also got involved in the marketing analytics, et cetera, you know, that data that comes back in. So being able to share something that's data-driven, data-related of your performance, say, in the football manager, mm -hmm. is is data almost becoming marketing again, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's... It, the, it's the, bragging, bragging rights. It's bragging rights <laughs> between you and your friends. Yeah. But also it's it's driving community, it's driving discussion on social media platforms. It's, you know, and that's what that's what games want. They want a lot of activity around the game and people to be excited about it. And yeah. And this just just in just allows that to happen by by making the data available to the end users. I mean we've also got uh, Amplitude who the Amplitude games are kind of unique because <laughs> the way that they're developed is Aside from a game studio in Paris, they have a platform called Games Together, okay. which means that a community of X thousand people who are part of this platform have an input and a say into how they, into the, what they'd like to see mm -hmm. in the games as yeah. they're being developed. So they'll have polls and okay. discussion collaborative around then. collaborative game design. And, and you could argue that that would lead to... Um, a better end product because mm. it's been developed exactly how the people that are going to play it want it to be. But um, so we're doing exactly the same thing at Amplitude. So in this Games Together platform that mm -hmm. you log into, you can now log in and see your your stats, your, you know, the civilizations that you've conquered, mm. the armies that you've battled okay. with. Yeah. And um, not only that, we're going to make that data available via a series of APIs so people can create their own content, their own website, say, or their own wow. okay. based on the data that they collect from the game. I um, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. And in these two projects you mentioned, mm. MongoDB is new, new to Sega Europe. Yeah. What drew you to MongoDB? What was, you know, why did you decide to go down that road and, and see the capabilities that we could offer? Um, so originally... We didn't really have a solution for how we were going to build out these okay. this use case, and we started out using Amazon DynamoDB, which was the backend to mm -hmm. the Football Manager Fan Club uh, user platform. However, we hit a, a few sticking points with it okay. in regards to the complexity of the queries that we could write on it, and mm -hmm. how we aggregated date, how we aggregated across this this data, and it just didn't prove to scale as as, as we wanted. Um, so we got in touch with Mongo mm. um, and kind of asked them and showed them what exactly it was, what it was that we wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. They came in, kind of sat down with us. We did an analysis of the use case, okay. built out a proof of concept, um, also skilled up. So our team now then, a number of members of our team went on training courses with Mongo to get Good. up to speed. With, yeah. um, and now we're kind of running it on our own and we're just, we're just enjoying the benefits that Mongo has to offer. Um, and it's proving to be the perfect solution for the issue, for the problem that we had. Um, you know, so for instance, the scalability mm. at, at the moment in it's in a kind of very pre pre-release state, and it's only being used by a handful of users. Okay, but that will very quickly at a, at a game launch scale up to half a million mm. people using it, and suddenly you need it to be able to scale up very quickly overnight, almost. Totally, and, and, yeah. and and obviously um, Atlas allows us allows us to do that, and you can imagine that the schemas behind these user profiles are very hmm. flexible and fluid, and you can't just hard code a set of columns and expect them. Yeah. So yeah. the document store format that 
Mongo kind of supports is, is perfect for this use case because, you know, some users may never have done a certain thing in a certain battle and others yeah. will. And the documents are different depending on what the users have achieved. And that's another key aspect of why Mongo is, has proven to be a good solution for this. And, okay. and, it, and, it's, and it's showing it's and really proving its worth. So it was performance and scalability and, you know, the schemaless nature of, of MongoDB that brought you kind of there. Well, Absolutely. you did the proof of concept. Did that take a long time to put together in terms of, you know, kind of that initial evaluation of, of MongoDB suitability for this? Um, I mean, I think a couple of your engineers came in for a couple, for a couple of weeks and worked okay. with us. And actually, the proof of concept that we came up with was very much forms the backbone of what's there now. And if you okay. look at it now, you'd think that it was, yeah, it, it's kind of what they came up with in that two-week period. And we've just, in, we just expanded on it and enhanced it and ran with it, really. And, and, and now it's a more kind of fully-blown solution. Okay. But they, they set us up with the kind of tool set yeah. to yeah. Kind of go with it. Excellent. And kudos to those engineers, whoever they are. I don't know who they might be, but uh, yeah, fair play. That, that's great. So schema, but what would be the data modeling considerations that you would be concerned about for, you know, designing this and, and, and making sure that it was suitable for that massive ramp and scale that you're talking about once it launches? Um, so could you, could you just... Did you have any key data modeling considerations in putting this together to make sure that from a proof of concept into into kind of you know beta alpha testing with a small select group into mm -hmm. it's launched now and all of a sudden we've gone from maybe tens or hundreds to half a million is yeah. there any key things that you're saying look we can't fall over here or this has caught us out before or anything like that that came up this time around with mongodb well, i mean what what's caught us out before is the kind of latency on okay when you have a huge amount of data the latency can be very obviously very high um, and we, we needed it to be very, very yeah. low. Yeah. Um, so we are in, Mongo is ingesting a lot of data and mm -hmm. we have these customer records that do kind of grow exponentially and, okay. and every single match that someone plays yeah. and, and season that they complete, their record just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. However, we utilize like the um, aggregation framework okay. in MongoDB to, to create views on the data that we can then kind of cache and and make and to kind of create a smaller amount of data for mm. for people to consume and and obviously that reduces the latency um so yeah, it's kind of creating views on top of this okay enormous amount of data that's made it possible to have it you know lightning fast when you yeah. when you when you're asking these queries also the fact that mongo is has um an inbuilt, inbuilt graphql api mm. um which has proved again invaluable because the development team that's created the web portal, mm -hmm. um, we we send them. We kind of provide them with a schema. GraphQL is already set up by mm -hmm. by default within Atlas, um, and we um, and they can query the data. Very basically, there's no. We didn't have to set up any additional okay. technology or anything to kind of make this data available to to a web team or whatever. It was it was all out of the box using Atlas. So that. That proved amazing job. So, and I'm assuming all of these titles mm -hmm. that you launch, they're global in nature. Mm -hmm. So the fact, and you mentioned AWS earlier. So, you know, is is the back end AWS, Atlas, and AWS, and therefore all the regions that we have in terms of scale and globalness important as well too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, I mean, our back end, just in terms of structure, the game sends an event to a, to an API, mm -hmm. which is which is really just a a group of EC2 instances in AWS, and then all of that data goes onto an Amazon Kinesis stream, okay, which pipes the data, and then it goes one of two ways. For it, it either goes straight to Mongo from Kinesis using mm -hmm. a serverless Lambda function, okay, um, that's why that's the low pro, that's why that's the um, low latency route. So basically, you can report on that data within about thirty seconds of it being sent from the game. Wow. The other route then kind of goes off through a bit of encryption for GDPR purposes, encrypting things like user identifiers, email addresses, mm -hmm. full names, mm -hmm. surnames. We have a Spark stream then that reads that into Databricks um, into one massive data delta lake. Yeah. Um, and, and then we have multiple Spark streams that read from that. And then the... And then the kind of machine learning tasks are, are, are implemented at that layer mm -hmm. um, and, and also data analysis by teams of analysts, et cetera. Yeah. Because yeah. we've got some really exciting, I mean, that at the moment, um, AI and ML, some of the use cases coming out of that at the moment are really exciting. So I can, it's, it's been the topic of conversation in most of the chats today. It's the topic of conversation at every, mm. every key tech event. So how is it affecting what Sega Europe do then, what your team does? Yeah, so, I mean, I think this time last year, well, maybe not this time last year, but maybe this time two years ago, we weren't really thinking too much about AI and mm. ML. I don't think anybody was probably <laughs> this time last year, right? All of a sudden, and we then, all have to. And then suddenly, yeah. chat GPT came into the news and everyone was like, right, <laughs> we need to be on top of this. So now we're working on all sorts of AI projects okay. um, from churn predictions to so trying to figure out when people are potentially going to stop playing a game okay. and how we can kind of negate that and make them continue. Yeah. Um, player clustering, which is really exciting. So taking kind of huge amount of player data and using various ML techniques um, to to cluster those, data, those users into mm -hmm. different groups. We can then send those groups through to our CRM platform and then communicate with the customers based on how they play the game. Are they... Are they a player that races through the game in as fast as they possibly can? Mm, doesn't mm. pay any attention to any of the detail, and that's that's all you see of them. Or are they the person that comes in and plays the first level for about a week, and okay. to the till it's absolutely perfect, and and then based on those strange play styles that vary across different mm. um, the player base, um, you can then communicate with them um, based on those play styles, and and you know potentially upselling um, DLC or additional content okay. to them or giving them free kind of content drops, items, characters, things like that, okay. um, all based on the kind of way that they're playing the game, which is which is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's very I mean, two-sided then, I suppose. What you're doing then is you're, you're using the data for your own insights, but then you're using that to make the player experience better as well too, right? That's the aim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And because ori originally people would get emails in a kind of blanket way, mm. so everyone would get the same email. Yes. But now yeah. it's very much, you know, if you put X amount of hours into this game and you, you know, potentially you might be interested in this mm. or mm. this might be useful or maybe you need some help. Okay. Here's a, a tutorial on how you can do this. And you can make all these decisions based on, yeah, you know, based on the data that we collect and, and where that user falls in terms of, in, in terms of a cluster. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh wow. So in terms of the two games with with MongoDB in it, so it's the Football Manager Fan Club and mm. Endless Dragon was the other one, was it? Well, no, one it's, of those? it's Endless Dungeon. Endless Dungeon, uh, sorry, Endless sorry, apologies. Okay, and uh, they're due out soon enough or released? Well, the new version of Football Manager is out on the 6th of November, I believe. Okay. 2024, okay. which is looking great. Um, Endless Dun- the Endless Dungeon is coming out at the end of October on the... I can't remember the date. About the twentieth of October or something. Okay, so there. they're pretty they're pretty imminent then. So very imminent, yeah. And is it safe to say then, Felix, that your experience so far with MongoDB and and moving to MongoDB for this, hopefully that we'll get into some other games in the future then with Sega Europe. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're on a kind of internal promotional push to okay. show this to show off this technology to mm-hmm. to the other studios that we work with, and and when they see it, you know, they're like. Oh, it was great. We'd love that kind of thing. So, yeah, the aim is to get this kind of, kind of just complete this food feedback loop back to the consumer. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think it's the future, and I think before you, before long, all Sega games will have some kind of functionality like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense, and I think that you know, yeah, that loop, closing that loop with the user, and I know, look straight up you want more people playing more mm. people playing for longer but you're also making their experience better and i suppose in a level in a way customizing your communication or features back to them given the data that you have mm-hmm. gathered over their play over time mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's a win-win for for everybody yeah and as you say bragging rights and you total know. bragging rights sure that, that's what they're for mm-hmm. if you know can people sign up to get news of the new release when it hits or do they go somewhere in particular to find out when the versions are coming out or anything like that is there do we do you want to give them a plug go to a site no i mean i wasn't expecting to give any plugs but you know <laughs> you're more than welcome you know there's the endless dungeons coming out um next in october 23 Port managers coming out in november they're both gonna be fantastic games so you know feel you know get on board <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, look, with that, Felix, thank you very much for joining us on the live stream today here at .local London. It's been a pleasure. You've opened my eyes into some new applications. I think from a DevRel perspective, I know that we have a bunch of heavy, heavy gamers on our DevRel team. Mm -hmm. We'd only love to get more involved in POCs, (laughs) game companies and things like that. So we'll see how they get on. And and behind me over here in the AWS stand, you will find the Leafstroids game that we built. Dominic Fry and Tim Kelly from the DevRel team will be happy to show it to you. But, you know, it's a a small game. Yeah, no. But data in, data out, you know? Excellent. Well, look, without further ado, thank you very much, Felix, for joining me. Thank you. That's been great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much to Felix for joining us at the show. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you want to learn more about how MongoDB is used in the gaming industry, check the show notes. There's a link. If you're enjoying the show, leave a comment. Let us know. Give us a rating. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.